Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Oh, God is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to Christ Center Church. Our online viewers, we thank you for tuning in with us this morning. We pray God bless everyone this morning and that we'll have a great time in the Lord this morning. It's really nice on the outside and it's going to even be better on the inside. Amen. So I want you to feel at liberty and worship the Lord with us because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. We're going to invite you all, if you could stand with us at this time, we're just going to get right into our service. We're going to pray and ask the Lord to have his way in our service this morning, that whatever will be done and said this morning will be done to the glory and to the honor of his name. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning as we pray and ask the Lord's will to be done. Father God, we love you, Lord God. We thank you one more time, Lord God, to be in your presence, Lord God, where we can worship you, Lord God, in the beauty of holiness. Lord God, as we gather together in your presence this morning, oh God, oh God, we ask you to forgive us for every sins, oh God, all the sins that we have committed in your side, knowingly and unknowingly, Lord God, we ask you to cleanse us, oh God, from all unrighteousness and all filthiness, oh God, and that you will purge us with up, wash us, and help us to be whiter than snow, Lord God, creating us, oh God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within us, dear God. Father God, as we gather in your presence to worship you, to call upon your name, to sing praises unto your name this morning, we ask you, Lord God, that you will touch us individually and collectively, Lord God. Let there be a move of your spirit in our service like 
never before, Lord God. Touch every person that is here, those that are not here. Touch them likewise, oh God. Those that are watching via internet, oh God, our Lord God, I pray you will touch our online viewers this morning, oh God. Father God, I pray more, oh God, so Lord God, that you will touch someone with the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning and that someone will make up in their mind to give their life to you, Lord God. Oh God, to repent of their sin and to get baptized in Jesus' name. Oh Father God, we ask your anointing upon the man of God as he come this morning, that your anointing will be upon him like never before. Oh God, that you will use him to preach your word, Lord God, instant, in season and out of season, oh God. Touch our praise singers, our musicians, our audiovisual. Bless every aspect of the service this morning. Help us that when we leave here, oh God, your presence will continue to overshadow us and overwhelm us, oh God. We love you, Lord God. We magnify your name and we glorify your name because your name, oh God, alone is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church, let's give the Lord another round of applause this morning. Hallelujah, he's worthy. Oh, hallelujah, he's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah, he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Close to your side, so heaven is real and death is a lie. I want to hear voices. Of angels above singing as one hallelujah holy holy god almighty great i am who is worthy none beside thee god almighty Dry bones living again, singing as one. Hallelujah, holy, holy God Almighty, great I am. Who is worthy? None beside thee, God Almighty, the great I The mountains shake before you, the demons run and flee. At the mention of your name, King of Majesty, there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am, the great I am. 
and shake before you the demons run and free at the mention of your name king of majesty there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great i am the great i am the great i Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, God. Trust in you. I will trust in you. 
will see the goodness of the Lord. I will remain. I will remain confident. confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord.
Let's be the rock. Let's be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna. Let's be the rock. Let's be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna. Let's be the rock. Let's be the rock of my salvation. here this morning amen and if you worship with liberty lord the lord will have his way in your life this morning amen don't hold back in god don't hold back in god in your worship don't hold back in god in your giving don't go back in god in everything that you're doing because why the bible says if you seek e first the kingdom of god everything will be added unto us our praises all that we have will be added unto us. Amen. God's been so good to us. Amen. So just continue to worship the Lord this morning because he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Everybody say it's offering time. Come on. It's offering time. 
Amen. We welcome everyone this morning one more time to Christ Center Church. So glad to have you all in our service this morning. And those that are watching us via uh, YouTube, Facebook, ChristOnline.com or whatever means of worshiping with us this morning, we welcome you. And we want you, as I said earlier this morning, to feel at liberty to worship the Lord. Amen. Because the more we worship the Lord, the more he will bless us. Amen. The Lord inherit the praises of his people. Amen. So we want to continue to bless the Lord this morning because he is worthy to be praised. I'm going to invite you if you could stand with us this morning. Amen. We're going to get right into our offering this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Bow your heads as we pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the spirit this morning that we felt in this place. And what you're still doing at this time, oh God. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, Lord God, we ask your blessing upon every person. Those who are in the service, those who are watching us via, oh God, uh, Facebook or whatever means of uh, joining us uh, in the service this morning. We ask your blessing upon them, Lord God. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing, oh God, upon every person, Lord God. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, make a way so that they can be a blessing in your kingdom, Lord God. We look to you, we worship you and praise you because you are worthy to be praised and you alone, oh God, are worthy to be praised. Have your way among us this morning as we continue to praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We getting there. Praise the Lord, everybody. He alone is worthy to be praised. Amen. Do you know why he's, he alone is worthy to be praised when we say praise the Lord and say he alone is worthy to be praised? You, why, you, you know why he alone is worthy to be praised? Anybody want to tell me why he alone? <laughs> you don't want to raise your hand in church on Sunday morning. Hey, we just do we just do what we feel the spirit leaders do. Let me tell you why. Everything that we are and can be and will be, he gave it to us. So if I'm a great basketball player, I can't even take credit for it because it was a gift that he gave me. So everything we are and everything we can be, it came from him. So we can't even take credit for what we are. And what we can do because we didn't give it to ourselves. So that's why he's the only one that deserved to be praised. I'm not telling you not to praise people because we are supposed to, you know, give people honor and things like that. But understand that if we get to the core of it, only he deserves to be worshipped and praised because he is the only one that provides and and give Talents, ability, life, health, strength. He's the one that does it. So whatever we have, we can't claim it for ourselves. God gave it to us. <laughs> Amen. Welcome to Christ-Centered Church. So good to be in the house of the Lord today. God has blessed us with just a, just a wonderful, incredible, just awesome day. And we're grateful to God because we realize that he is the one that is responsible for this day. We like to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And it certainly is the day that the Lord has made. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome to our service, our second service. I know it's first for most of you, but it's our second service today. And uh, we thank God for his blessings, the first service, and now we are looking to him to help us in this service. Amen. We are going to get right into the word of God. Uh, remember Michael in your prayer today. Um, I'm going to go see Michael today. He um, reached out to me. Um, I think it was instant messaging. And um, he's in the hospital actually going through some things, um, sickness that he needs healing from. So remember Michael. I don't know if you remember. Michael would come and he would sit over on this side. And so Michael is not here. He's in a um, actually a, a rehabilitation center. And so keep Michael in your prayer. Uh, I'm going to go see him today after service and pray for him and just be there for him. So keep him in your prayer. Don't forget today, I'm always encouraging you to um, share our live stream platforms. Um, there are people that need to hear this gospel, believe me. And so I want you to share our live stream platforms with them so they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is what saves us. And so make sure you share the link. Also, 
um, engage if you are viewing and you're a part of the service um, via the live feed. Um, engage by making comments if you can. Um, get involved. What we do, you do. That's important. Um, we also have a host that is a part of our online viewing, and our host will um, guide you if you have questions, if you need prayer. Our host will be so glad to assist you and encourage you. So interact, interact on our live feed, and we will be able to um, just enjoy the service together today. Also, you know, I've been saying it, if there's anyone that want to give their life to the Lord, they want to be baptized in Jesus' name, I will come to you or you can come to me, whichever way works best. In a case like those that are in Florida or those that are in New York or those that are in um, Neptune area or those that are um, in, in anywhere, even in Canada, um, we will come to you if you can't make it and we will baptize you because it's that important. And so we want you to know that. So if the Lord moves on your heart, just reach out to us and tell us you want to be baptized and we will arrange for you to be baptized. Also, I'm teaching a personal uh, home Bible study online um, via um, electronically. And you are able, if you are fairly new in the church and you want to learn more about the Bible on Tuesday nights from 8 to 835, um, we can give you our um, Zoom um, um, invite and you can join us and um, we're teaching um, the Bible. Um, it's not any particular topic. We're teaching the Bible to you um, so you can learn more about the Bible and learn more about the scriptures. And so you can join us on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. to 8.35. Also, we have our Zoom family meeting coming up September the 8th at 7 p.m., um, we heard from you, and some of you have asked that we um, have what we call a family meeting um, via Zoom um, electronically because we have not had a chance to come together all together as one in a particular church service because of the pandemic that we've been experiencing. And so um, there are faces we haven't seen in a long time. And um, uh, if we could get together as a church on our Zoom um, family night, that would be great. Um, we're not preaching or anything. It's just a, a family time to catch up, say hello to each other. Um, we will send you the link when it's time and you can join us. That's Tuesday, September the 8th at 7 p.m. And we will go from 7 to 8 p.m. at the latest. Um, we will not um, go past 8. As you know, we have Bible study at 8. So join us if you can. If you are fairly new and you want to learn about the Bible, we will be glad to teach you. Also, Saturday, um, this coming Saturday, we have our prayer breakfast. And right after our prayer breakfast, we have a leadership seminar. So we'll be here at 8 a.m. and um, we will pray. And right after that, we'll have a little bit of uh, bite to eat. And then we'll just do probably about a half hour worth of teaching on leadership. Um, so keep those things in mind. Uh, very important. I believe God is going to do some great things. Also, my good friend and pal and buddy and um, one of our main um, online viewers who keeps the, the, the church family going in the morning via live stream, Paul Brantley. Keep him in your prayer. He's going to have a procedure done this Thursday. And so keep him in your prayer. He has really been a great contributor to 
our online viewing of our church services because um, he makes it just so family oriented and he's usually the first one on good morning church family. You know, every once in a while he give a good morning to his daughter um, because I guess she don't say good morning to him. So he's making sure he does what a father does and say good morning, Sister Riego. <laughs> you know, I appreciate Mr. Brantley. So keep him in your praise. Got a procedure this Thursday and we want God to touch him and bless him. Amen. Tuesday? Okay, Tuesday. It looked like Thursday to me, but anyway, let's get into the word of the Lord. Amen. Will you stand with me? And if you have your Bibles, they'll be good or whatever device you use to find the scriptures. Or you could look on the overhead and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, number, verse number 13. Amen. Good to see every one of you. Amen. When I don't see you, I miss you. I'm just letting you know. When I don't see you, I miss you. Amen. If you miss one service, I miss you. <laughs> I love to come together. I'm, I'm, that's, that's probably old school or I'm getting old. My wife says I'm getting old because I get a little bit more sentimental. I'm always saying, where are all my kids? I want all my kids to be home. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So whenever I do anything, I want all my kids to be with me, um, and it's just the way I am these days, I'm getting old, I don't know, I guess, and so uh, my church family is my church family, and I like to look at all the faces, and so when I come together, if I don't see your face, I'm like, oh man, so I'm just telling you how it is, amen, hallelujah. First Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse number 13, I'm going to read three portions of scriptures this morning. Three portions of scriptures. So if you will be kind enough to just roll with me for a little bit, because I have a point that I need to make today. Uh, I feel strongly ever since last week, I feel like the Lord wanted me to talk about this topic and to minister to you on this topic. So I'm going to try to do my best um, with the help of the Lord to minister his word this morning regarding this subject. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse number 13, the word of the Lord says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. He's not talking about sleep like when we slept last night. He's talking about sleep when someone is dead. But to God, all that is dead is just only asleep. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. There are some that's sleeping in Jesus and there's some that's not sleeping in Jesus. Mm -hmm. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. First hmm. Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 1. The word of the Lord says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. 
for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in the darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God had not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Last scripture, Second Peter 3, verse 9. The word of the Lord says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Jesus, your word is already established. We ask, almighty God, that you speak even clearly to us that we may hear, that we may understand, that we may know what thus saith the Lord and do what is commanded of you. Will you touch our hearts this morning, Lord God, every one of us, that, Lord, we will become so in tuned and receptive to your spirit, to your word, to your instructions. Lord Jesus, we are struggling. We are desperately in need of change taking place in the inward part. We're, we're ignorant, Lord God, and, and, Lord, we are strayed away and have strayed away from the truth lord god and lord we're living our life of comfort lord god the way we want to live and we have disregarded so much of what you have spoken to us so much of your instructions we are living the life that we deem is is pleasing for us lord god and whenever we think it's necessary to offer up lord god some time to you that's when we do it but god it is not what you intended for us and God that will not bring us, oh God, into true relationship and eternity with you. So God, I pray that you will invade today the heart and the mind of every one of us, that we can be changed, that we can begin to see things as you want us to see them and that our life will not be the same. Help us today, Lord God. I ask that the power from on high will show up in a strong way in this place this morning and that our hearts and minds oh god will be overshadowed by you and oh god that we will be transformed we will be changed and be ready when you come in jesus name we pray amen you may be seated in the presence of the lord 
Today, I've entitled this message, The Coming of the Lord. The Coming of the Lord. Somebody say the coming of the Lord. I must say this. I feel like, especially Christians, especially those of us that are familiar with the church, the word of God, I, I feel like we might be going through this motion and cycle of this life and have not stopped to think that at some point in time, we're going to get off this cycle. The cycle that says whatever we have established throughout our days and weeks and months and years, even for us that are here today and those of us that uh, are, are, are joining um, via social media, even those of us that are a part of what's going on in the church, even some of us have kind of overlooked that one day all of this will come to an end. That we will no longer go to a building on midweek Bible study and Sunday morning service to go and hear the preaching of the word, to go and worship the Lord. That will end one day. One day it will all be gone. And then what? Because this will not continue as we often think. We go through emotion and just think that we're doing this. I always want to know in my life, in just anything I do, I like to know, Cheryl, what is the end game in everything that I do? What is the end game? Because that's what determines my behavior. What is the end game? And if it doesn't profit me anything, I'm not doing that. Ethan teased me the other day. Well, he was probably showing off a little bit. Um, that he did, he went skydiving, right? And so he jumped out of a plane and, you know, I don't want no guy holding me up anyway, Ethan. I want to jump out on my own. But anyway, I'm leaving that alone. And so he jumped out of the plane, guy holding him up, you know, uh, they holding each other. And boom, pop the parachute and, you know, they going down and uh, they did skydiving. I said to Ethan, that looked pretty cool, Ethan. But I'm sure he was showing me so I can say whether or not I, I, I'm willing to do it or not. But I've heard this skydiving conversation for a minute now. The young people, obviously, you know, I think my, I think my goddaughter first brought it to my attention. Yeah, other people brought it to my attention, right? And so I heard the story about skydiving. And the first thing I thought about, sure, when they told me, I said, okay, what do I gain from that? And the only thing I gained from that is to just say, I did it and you didn't. So I said, no need. <laughs> I'm cool with going on the King the Car at Great Avengers. I'm cool on going on Batman Ride at Great Avengers. I just don't think skydiving made a whole lot of sense to me. Because I'm always asking, what's the end game? And whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, you should always want to know, I don't care what you do in life, what's the end game? Because the end game will determine how you fill your life up with the things that you do. And if the end game is not worth it, why even bring it into your life? What's the end game? 
And so what's the end game of us gathering together Thursdays and Sundays and Saturdays for prayer? What is the end game? And we have to ask that question. If not, all you are doing is you're just on the cycle going through the motion if there's no end game in mind, if there's no target that you're trying to hit. You know, I'm a sports guy. I got some sports people in here, so this will sound familiar to you. February the 2nd, 2015, the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks played against each other in Super Bowl 49 for the NFL championship. With 20 seconds left, Seattle Seahawks behind Seattle Seahawks was behind 24 to 28, but they had the ball on their one on the Patriots one yard line and seemed almost guaranteed to go in for the touchdown and score and go ahead. However, Almost everyone figured they would give the ball to the running back and have the running back run the ball in and score and the game would be 31-28 and they would probably win the game. Everyone thought, give it to the running back. But the Seahawks did not give the ball to their running back to run it. They threw the ball to one of their wide receiver and one of the Patriots' defensive back anticipated the play and intercepted the ball to end the game and the Patriots won the game 28-24. It was one of the most memorable Super Bowl play in history. Here is what I want you to know about that story. I didn't just tell you to teach you about sports because I love sports. I wanted to point something out in that story to you. The Seahawks was almost guaranteed to win the game if they just ran in the ball. But they were trying to surprise the Patriots by throwing the ball, not knowing that the Patriots would recognize the play call and intercept the ball. They thought they were surprising the Patriots by... But, but, but they were not surprising the Patriots. Because why? The Patriots had practiced against that play for many weeks. And now in the last two weeks, they were practicing especially for the Seahawks. So they practiced the play. The Patriots knew that play. And so once the Seahawks decided that they were going to make that play, the defensive back, of the Patriots spotted and recognized it right away. I know what they're getting ready to do. I know what play they're getting ready to run, and I got it. He knew it so well that he anticipated the play better than the guy that was supposed to receive the ball, the wide receiver. He anticipated the play that much, and he jumped the route is what they call it. Brother D noticed very well. He jumped the route and got in front of the receiver, intercepted the ball, and game over. Mm-hmm. Why are you telling me that, preacher? This is not a sporting thing. This is church. And I hear you. But here is what I want for you to know. The Patriots was not surprised of the play because they were prepared. 
They were prepared so when the play started, nobody was running around acting like what in the world is going on? Is the world getting ready to come to an end? Is something getting ready to change? Nobody was surprised because they were practicing for a long time. They were preparing for a long time. They went over the play over and over and over. And so when the day came and the, the, the Seattle Seahawks decided to go with the play, they knew it. And they were not surprised. Athletes all over the world practice days, days, hours, hours, weeks, weeks, years because they're preparing to beat their opponent. They're preparing to be the best that they can. They're preparing so nothing will surprise them. They're preparing because they want to make sure Everything is just right, and they're prepared for everything. They're doing that for entertainment and to make money. Preparing, preparing, preparing. And so my question to you today is this. Will you be surprised at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, or will you be prepared? Will you be surprised at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ or will you be prepared? You see, what we're supposed to be doing is to prepare, to prepare, to prepare. Eternal life is so much more significant than a football game. So much more significant than earning a living and making millions of dollars. Eternal life is the most important thing that you can pursue in your life. There is nothing else that will be more important than eternal life. And you can only get eternal life by Jesus Christ. So if we put that much effort into preparing for a game, preparing to win a match, Put all that effort into knowing what's the next play. What are we doing in preparation for the return of Jesus Christ? Only those who are prepared will not be surprised when Jesus return. All who are surprised at Jesus' return will not enter into eternal life. Only those who are prepared. And so the question again is, are you prepared? Are you preparing? Will you be surprised when the rapture take place? When the catching away that we read about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 17. Will you be prepared? Will you be ready when that rapture come? Because it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's coming. The Lord is trying to get our attention. You've heard me said that he has allowed Corona, not because he want us to perish, not because he want us to uh, uh, be afraid, but he allowed it to cause us hopefully to look to him. He loves us so much that he 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 will allow and do things to get us to look to him because he realized the only one that can save us is him 
And so he wants us to look to him, but he can't make us look to him. He, he can influence us to look to him, but he can't make us look to him. He can allow things to happen for us to want to be with him, but he can't make us want to be with him. And so with all that goes on, with all that transpire, that, that transpires, he is saying, I just want you to look to me, your savior, the one who loves you more than anyone else, the one who cares for you more than anyone else, the one who will make you more successful than anyone else, the one who will work in your life like no one else. That's what he's about. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord is looking out for us. But sometimes we don't see it like that. Sometimes we see it as he's trying to control us. I wonder where that thought ever came from. That thought has always existed. It existed in the Garden of Eden. And it existed when you were growing up. Can't wait to get out of this house. Because why? Your parents are controlling you. Can't wait to get on my own. And we never stop to look at the reason behind it. We never stop to look at the reason behind it. The day of the Lord. Jesus is coming back for us. The coming of the Lord is at hand, church. The coming of the Lord is at hand. And it won't always be business as usual, Brother Izzy. It won't just always be we come to church, we hear the preach word, we worship God, we pray, we go home. It won't always be that because one day the Lord is coming. Mm -hmm. Many of us have read and heard about the day of the Lord. But many of us may have misunderstood what the scripture is talking about when it's talking about the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is a very broad description used of many different times and events in, in, in the Bible, in, in prophecy. It means at various times, in various contexts, one approximately 24-hour period. So the day of the Lord could be a 24-hour period. The day of the Lord can be one year. The day of the Lord can be three and one-half years. The day of the Lord can be seven years. The day of the Lord, a thousand years. The day of the Lord can be an unending period. And so there's many descriptions of the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord we will talk about today is regarding the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. It means without warning. <laughs> and for those not anticipating it, unprepared for it, it will be a tragedy. If you're not prepared for the return of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, it will be a tragedy to you. As I mentioned earlier, when that Super Bowl took place for New England, it was joy. For Seattle, it was a tragedy. Still today, that whole Seattle squad that was a part of that whole situation, there's a lot of turmoil that has taken place. Coach don't get along with certain people. Certain players don't get along with certain players. They're, they're, they don't like the quarterback anymore because they thought they was trying to do the play so he can be the star. All kind of things has happened because they 
did not prepare the way they should and they try to surprise somebody because they didn't prepare and guess what they lost out and the team that was best prepared was the one that received the joy I know that's sports and I know that's not the things of the kingdom but I'm using an earthly description of something that actually happens that we engage in to help you understand the vast and really important stuff of the kingdom of God Patriots filled with joy. Tom Brady was, he couldn't believe they won. He was like, oh, snap, we won, because they knew they were going to lose. Seahawks knew they were going to win, so they started flexing their muscles. And boom. They say in the NFL, the Patriots are the most prepared team probably in the history of football ever because their coach, he coaches to make sure you're prepared for everything. I'm back to the point of Bill Belichick put all that effort in preparing his team to win games. Listen how that sound, win games. Yeah, people make a good paycheck. But at the end of the day, it's to win games, to entertain people. And they go through a whole lot of prep and we are on this journey called life. And one day, this life that we know will end and we will spend eternity either in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ or out of his presence where there will be torment and weeping and gnashing of teeth. It will happen. And so what are we preparing for? Will we be more prepared than the Patriots are prepared to win their games? Because we better be because this is too important for us not to be that kind of prepared. Matthew chapter 24, the word of the Lord says in 24, 43, but know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Luke chapter 12, verse 39, and this know that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. I mentioned to them this morning, I said, if you heard, Cheryl, in your nice complex that there's someone breaking into homes and, and, and stealing and robbing, are you going to wait till somebody say, he's now on our street, he just ripped off somebody on our street? Or will you right away, as soon as they say we got a thief and a robber in our community, will you start preparing? I'm sure all of us, when we hear that there's a thief and a robber in our community, we're not going to wait till he hit the door next, the house next door. We're not going to wait till he hit the house across the street. We're saying, oh, really? He's around? Some of you going to buy a gun. Some of you going to sharpen your machete. Some of you just going to get right, put some stuff on the door, lock it up real good, the windows, because you are preparing that he don't break into your house. Extra lights in the back, extra lights on the side. So when the, when the thief come, you will be ready. Why is that? So he don't break in your house. House that you probably can buy another one. House that you got insurance to replace stuff. But you'll prepare. It seems like we're waiting for Jesus to show us some more signs. We're waiting for Jesus to take somebody from the street up, from the house up the street. 
Maybe the rapture will be in sequence. Maybe he'll start rapturing people in New York and come down the turnpike. Maybe it just won't be all at once. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's going to rapture a few across the way and then eventually it will get to us. You know like how hurricanes are? I think that's what we're looking for. We're treating the rapture like it's a hurricane. It's coming off the coast. How far is it? Okay, let me get myself together. How far is it still coming? Is the wind still blowing at 150 miles an hour? How far is it? Is it coming? Oh, yeah, let me get myself right. But if it's coming and, the, and they start saying, well, it looked like it's tailing off a little bit. Okay, I can keep on skanking. Keep on doing my thing. That's, that's what we're doing. Listen, the weather people don't have nothing on Jesus. They make mistakes all the time. And we be getting ready when they tell us stuff. The epidemiologists, they are bad and good and educated and smart, but they still make mistakes. Jesus don't make no mistakes, church. So whatever he says, it will come to pass. It's just a matter of when. It's just a matter of when. And I'm not taking no chances. If the man says he's coming, he's coming. The day of the Lord is coming without warning and at the unknown time. You should already know that the day of the Lord cannot be dated. One either already prepared for it or one will be caught by surprise and not escape the tragedy of it. Yeah. Second mm -hmm. Peter chapter three, verse nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hmm. We've always done this to God and there's nothing God can do about it as powerful as he is. Sister Sharp, as good as God is, this is what we do to him. He show us mercy, he show us grace, and we live how we want, thinking that's what he's saying. We can just do whatever you want. And what he's saying is, it's my long suffering. I'm giving you time that you should not be getting to get yourself together. You shouldn't have to get all this time. But I'm giving you the time to get yourself together are you going to get yourself together or are you going to keep on talking about, well, next week? Oh, well, tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised unto us. The next moment is not promised unto us. When are we waiting to get it together? When will we get it together when Jesus promised us and you can write it down? He is coming back. What are we waiting for? There's nothing, if I said this morning, if you have lived to about 40 years old in this life, there is nothing in this world that's impressive. You've already experienced everything already. And what you're running after, somebody has already achieved it. And looking back like, is that what you're running after? Treating it like it's nothing. And you're chasing. And they're saying, what is the big deal? I did that a hundred times. We got to get it together. The coming of the Lord Jesus is at hand. And so we don't really have a good reason why we're not preparing or prepared to meet Jesus. 
We don't have any reasons why. Because believe me when I tell you, I have lived to 52 years old, which is not a lot, but it's clear to me that there's nothing else this world has to offer. Where do I have nothing to offer me? And sometimes, unfortunately, instead of we take the words from the preacher who has lived a certain kind of lifestyle and telling you the right thing, instead of you taking that and says, yeah, that's good money right there. Got to give them street talks every once in a while. Because that's what you're supposed to say. When you hear from somebody that's lived it and telling you it's, it's not that great and, and, it's, and, and, and it's not worth it and there's nothing else to, there, you should be like, that's good money. Let me take that run with that. Because you know what? If my man used to run the streets and the other day, you want to hear something funny? The other day, me and my barber were talking. And we, we talking smack, you know, that's barbershop. So we talking junk. So listen to this. So we was telling, we was teasing somebody. We teasing, we always tease the um, one of the barbers on the end, right? So we teased him. So my barber said to him, because my barber's from Patterson, he says, if you ever get stuck in Patterson where you feel like they're going to do something to you, just say my name. <laughs> just say my name and you might be spared. So the other barber like, man, get out of here. You old, they don't know you anymore and blah, blah. He says, I chimed in then. I said, it's best to at least try. Then don't try at all. You know what I'm saying? If they back you up and they're about to do you in, it's best to try. Then don't try at all. Say the man's name. <laughs> so the dude is like, yeah, they might know your nephew, you know. I said, so what? That means they might still know his name. So yeah, I chimed in. I said, yeah, there might still be a couple places in Trenton. If you say my street name, they might save you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, we just sound so silly when we talk, barbershop talk. So I said, yeah. I said, same here. There might be a few places. I said, maybe not a whole lot, but still a few places. If you go there and say my street name, you might be able to be spared. Please, Aisha, you don't know nothing. <laughs> Back there shaking her head. She don't, she don't understand what that name was. That name used to mean something one time, right? That's right. I got witness back there. My street name meant something one time. <laughs> My point is, you have the opportunity for God to just work in your life and bring you in. All you got to do is call on his name and he will do a work for you and you act like you don't have that. God is waiting and ready to save us. All we got to do is call on him and we're acting like we don't want to use the name. We don't want to use the opportunity he's given us to save us. We're going to want to use the name. We're going to want to reach out to him when it's too late. How many times you hear me say that when the ark was being built and Noah was preaching, the Lord is going to let it rain and this whole earth is going to be flooded. He was preaching for 120 years, somewhere around there, just preaching, telling them, you better get together, get it right, because one day it's going to rain and flood this whole, this whole earth. And they were like, get out of here, old man. Old man didn't stop preaching and old man kept building the boat the church and old man kept going and old man kept going and old man kept going and then the day came when old man was done 
And the old man and his kids, his wife and his daughter-in-laws went inside the ark. And after they went inside, the Lord shut the door. Bam! And it started raining. And I always have to bring this to your attention because we like to make ourselves feel good or to justify our position. Larry, pregnant ladies was coming to the ark. People come with their baby, putting up their baby. If you don't let me in, get my baby. I got to give you all raw so you understand. Because we like to say, but God, but God what? He has given us the word and we want to just manipulate it. You can manipulate people, but you can't manipulate God. So we like to try to manipulate the situation and say, well, God can't just let a pregnant lady die in her sins. Uh, he know that. First of all, don't worry about the baby because the baby's saved. <laughs> so, so don't even try to use that again. God, the baby. Listen, that soul of that baby will live on in the presence of God. So the baby's saved. Don't worry about that. But we like to paint this picture like he can't let that happen. All because you want to stay doing what you want to do. So we keep saying, he won't let that happen. God will not change his word. His word is already established. He can't, he can't go back, I take that back. You and I, take that back. God can't take it back. So if you're looking for God to take back his word, can't, can't work. First Peter 3 and 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God keeps his promises without fail, but of his schedule. His schedule, not your schedule. You can't determine when God will return. He come, he's coming back on his schedule, not ours. His purpose drives his promise, not vice versa. The day has not come yet because God is long-suffering towards us, giving us every chance to repent, to come into right relationship with him. This is why he's been waiting, but he's going to come one day. He's going to come one day, and he's going to come whether you're ready or you're not. The only way is to be prepared when he's coming. It's not his desire that any of us should perish, but many will perish of our own doing. So before you convince yourself that God will not allow this to happen because he's such a good God and he created us, he went to Calvary and died for us, understand God is not willing that you should perish. All he wants you to do is be saved, but you of your own doing will cause you to perish. Of your own doing. Nobody will be able to say, I didn't make it in because God is unjust. None of us will be able to say that. None of us will be able to say, I didn't make it in because God made a mistake or God didn't reach out to me or I prayed and I never heard from God. Hear from the Holy Ghost this morning. Hear from the Holy Ghost this morning. Hear from the Holy Ghost this morning. You have prayed and God sent his servant. Stop waiting for God to come in person. We get unrealistic sometimes. And we feel God must talk to us. God don't have to talk to any one of us. 
He chooses when he talks to us. He decides if he wants to talk to us. And so if God decides to respond to you, your questions or whatever, by using his servant, that's what he wants to do. And there's nothing you can do about it. Either you go with it or you find yourself in trouble. You will not be able to say to God, but you never, you never what? You never what? Because God is going to say, you telling me that dude that had there preaching that firehouse, Sunday's in, Sunday's out, Thursday's in, Thursday's out. You telling me you never heard him? What, you wanted me to come down there? When I was in the earth, I trained 12 disciples to be like me, and they preach and teach my gospel, and they kept training, and everybody kept training that got saved. Stop waiting for God himself to talk to you. If he wants to, he will, but he don't have to. He don't have to talk to you. As a matter of fact, he's trying to build up your faith. Because when God speaks to us too much, we're going to get spoiled and think he got to talk to us all the time. You better start saying, God, I'm going to hear you, sir. Because faith is what helps you to respond in obedience to the preaching of the word. You can't wait for God to come talk to you sweet talks in your ears all the time. He will, he has, he has for some of you, but he won't do it all the time. Won't do it all the time. So the question is, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? This kind of message and this kind of preaching is not message and preaching that preachers like to preach. Because all of us are flesh and blood, human. And when I'm preaching it to you, it's, I'm preaching it to me. We don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. But the bottom line is, we need to preach it because we better be ready. We better be prepared. Jesus is coming. And if we're not ready and we're not prepared, it's going to be a tragedy when he comes and he leaves and we don't go. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess regardless of their saved or condemned status. You know what that means? Just like the day of Noah, just like the ark, what the scripture is telling us that no matter what, when you finally realize that Jesus is who he says he is, when you finally realize that his words are true and what he said came to pass, all his promises are yet. When you finally found that out, it's going to either be joy or it's going to be too late. Because the bottom line is, it's going to happen. And there's, I, I, I'm sure at, at, at the ark, I'm sure there were people saying, the old man was preaching his heart that he was right. We were wrong. It was too late to understand that. And when it says every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess, if you don't do it now, it's going to be too late when you want to do it, when you feel like doing it. Oh, somebody help me. We like to say whether we, we feel like doing it or not. I'm telling you, it's a lot of things we don't feel. God himself. God himself, when he became man, he went to the garden of Gethsemane and he himself started feeling the pressure of giving his life and dying for this world. And he says, God, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine will. Even God himself didn't feel like doing something, but he did it anyhow. 
But we, we want to wait till we get a feeling. We want to wait till we get a sensation. We want to wait till we feel like it's the right time. And God himself did not want to go to the cross. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. We cannot base our relationship with God off of how we feel. Brothers, your wife wanted to leave you many times, but she stayed. The woman wanted to leave. You drove her crazy. She was mad. And I'll say it the other way. Sister, the brother wanted to leave sometimes. You drove him crazy, but he stayed. What do you think? Marriage lasting for 15 and 20 or 30 years that they always wanted to be there? Man, come on, man. We need to stop this stuff in thinking that we got to feel like it to go to church. I got to feel it when I wake up to go to church. I got to feel it to pray. I got to feel it to do the will of God. You don't have to feel nothing. Just do it because God says it. This is the stuff that's going to get us in trouble with God because we're going to look like hypocrites to him because he's going to be able to say, you didn't feel like doing that, but you did that. You didn't feel like doing that, but you did that. But when you didn't feel like serving me, you didn't serve me. What's wrong with me? God is going to say, what's wrong with me? You didn't want to leave that woman, but you stayed. What's wrong with me? Why didn't you stay with me? Why you left me? Somebody hear me this morning. Hear me this afternoon. God is wanting to know why will we ever leave him? Why will we ever step away from him when we stay with humans that cannot do for us what God can do for us? When are we going to open our eyes and say, God, I'm having a bad week. I'm having a bad month, but I'm not leaving you. I'm going to keep on coming. I'm going to keep on worshiping. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on fasting. I'm going to keep on living for you, oh God. We cannot put this on God when he returns like he did something wrong, like he was unfair, like he was unjust. We can't put it on God. You're hearing the word of God today. Preach to your soul. This is your time. This is your moment. Repent of your sins. Do the work of God. Submit to him. Obey him and love him and live for him. Be holy. Be righteous. God help us today. God help us today. God move on us today. We need you, Lord God. Deliver us, Lord God. Set us free, Lord God. Oh, God, help us. Help us, help us, help us, help us, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, help us, help us. Oh, God, help us today. We can't make it without you, Lord God. We can't make it without you, Lord God. Move on us today. That today, Lord God, will be the day that we, oh God, surrender and humble ourselves before you and live a life that is right and pleasing before you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, help us today. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God.
Somebody hear the word of the Lord. Somebody trust God this morning. Trust him this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Oh, God, help us today. Help us today. Church, we can't play the game and stay on the cycle. Just keep on existing in the cycle and not having an expected end. We have to have an expected end where we know God is returning and the end will come where we're no longer in the cycle. We're no longer just going over and over the same thing. There's a day that's coming that the Lord has ordained that no man knows that he will come and he will call his people home to meet him in the sky and so will we ever be with the Lord we have to know it it's the target that we're trying to hit it's the target we're trying to hit and that is to one day after we meet Jesus one day spend all eternity with him I'm almost done here. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 4, we read it earlier. It says, but ye brethren, that is so important that we understand that if we're going to become brethren, we must become born again of the warden of the spirit. Uh, Jesus Christ has given his life in exchange for your life. And today, if you're going to escape uh, this, this, this tragedy of, of what will happen when the church is raptured out of here, if you're going to experience that, you're going to have to repent of your sins, uh, be baptized in Jesus name, uh, be filled with the spirit uh, and live a holy and righteous life life uh, and live by faith uh, and walk according to his statutes uh, and according to his purpose uh, you're going to have to live that way in pre preparation for his return so when he says ye brethren it means those of us that are prepared are you going to get yourself ready will you be prepared will you be prepared it says but ye brethren are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief I told you what the scripture says, that if the thief is in your neighborhood and you know the thief is in your neighborhood, when you go and get better locks for your doors, when you go and you get better lighting around your house, when you go buy your shotgun and when you make sure everything is all ready, when you do all of that, you are prepared. So if the thief ever come, you ready. You ready. What are we doing as Christians to prepare for the return of the Lord? What are we doing? Are we hearing that he's coming, but we're ignoring it? What are we doing? If we are the children of light, that day is not going to overtake us as a thief. That day is not going to overtake the brethren either as thief or any other way. Those who walk in the light will not be involved in the darkness of the day. We have already and will overcome all of what is be waiting or awaiting I'm sorry all the people that are in trouble that decide to turn away from God and not serve God through the angel of the church in Sardis and to them he issued a warning if you do not watch you won't know I've arrived until it's too late to do anything that's revelations chapter uh, I believe it's three he's telling us that we must be ready because if we're not ready guess what by the time we realize he has come and left here with his church it's gonna be too late too late 
Revelation chapter 3, remember therefore how thou has received and heard, how thou has received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. If we're not prepared, he will roll upon us and we won't know. We'll be surprised. We'll be surprised. Listen to me. I'm using every possible analogy I can think of to help you. If you have spent any kind of time in jail, I haven't, but I know plenty. If you have spent any kind of time in jail, you know what they tell you, those that have, been, have spent time in jail? They never pull up to any place and just get out of their car. I learned this from people that spend time in jail. They say when you pull up any place, especially your home, sit and look around a little bit and wait. Just don't get out. Because their time that they spend in jail, you could not be not watching and paying attention. You and I that has never been to jail, you don't understand that. But if you've ever been to jail, you realize there's never a time that you should not be watching. Jail. There's never a time that you shouldn't be paying attention. You should always be watching. You should always be paying attention. You should always be prepared to make sure you are securing yourself and your property when you're in jail. What about preparing ourselves to meet Jesus? We prepare ourselves for things in this life. And Jesus wants to know, are you preparing yourself for eternal life? You prepared yourself for everything else. What excuse will we give him? Oh, God, um, we have none. Because we have prepared ourselves for many other things that has nothing to do with heaven. And so God wants to know, what are you preparing to do to spend eternity with him? Will you stand with me? We are supposed to be the children of of God and children of God are supposed to be prepared not unprepared and my question to you today is have you prepared yourself and if you say you're preparing what are you doing to prepare we have to stop deceiving ourselves we have to stop lying to ourselves if someone asks you, how are you preparing yourself to spend eternity with Christ? Do you have an answer? Do you have an answer? What can you say to yourself or to someone else that you are doing to prepare yourself for eternal life? What are you doing differently today than you did yesterday to prepare yourself for eternal life? For the return of Jesus Christ, the coming of the Lord, because he's coming. After hearing this word today, I'm telling you, church, you will not be able to give God any excuse as to why you're not prepared. So today the rubber meets the road. And that means that either you're going to do it or you're not. But you won't have any gray area of negotiation with God. Because the word of God has come forth to be clear to you.
Now hear me. The day of the Lord and the rapture are two different days. The rapture of the church will take place and that's when the dead in Christ will rise out of their grave first and meet the Lord in the air. And then people that are still living, they, their bodies will change and raptured up and meet the Lord in the air. And then all the dead in Christ and the living in Christ and Christ will ascend to heaven. That day is coming before the day of the Lord. That day is coming as a thief in the night as well. Because you won't know. It's just going to happen. And there are going to be people that you can't find anymore. What happened to them? It's going to be a minute before the world understood what had actually taken place. The world is going to come up with a lot of explanation to say what's going on. Just like we got a pandemic and I don't know if anyone really knows how it came about and what's going on or the real reason behind it. I don't know if we all know all the details behind it. I'm not getting into all of that. But the bottom line is when the rapture takes place, it will be the same kind of deal. Government, all kinds of people are going to be trying to explain what happened. Can I tell you one other thing? Las Vegas made their money and keep making their money, even though they're closed now, I guess, keep making their money on this fact. The majority of the people of this world are always wrong. Did you all know that? So if you keep on thinking to go with the majority, you're going to end up wrong. That's how Vegas make money. You wonder how, how they make money. Yeah, people are gambling, but majority of people are always wrong. Take that and cash it. So if majority of people are always wrong, majority of people will be left behind trying to explain what happened to the minority of people that got raptured. And they will not have the explanation, but they will sell you whatever they want to sell you. And they will try to keep going like they've been going until the day of the Lord comes. Because that's when God will judge everybody. So now that's when they will have to encounter him face to face. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess then. Because then that's when he issues sentencing. You know that when someone commit a crime, the process, how it works, you commit a crime, a crime, a crime, you get arrested. And when you get arrested, you, you, you get put in jail. But that jail that you get put into is a temporary place. You're in jail for a little bit, waiting on sentencing. I should have been, I, I, I sound like I've been to jail, huh? <laughs> waiting on sentencing. And sentencing sometimes take two years, three years. They try not to go past five years, but sometimes you can be waiting for sentencing in five years. So you're in a prison that's not where you're going to spend the rest of your sentencing. And then when you finally go before the judge, he sentenced you to life in prison. And that's where they send you to a place like uh, Trenton State. They call it, what they call it now? New Jersey State Prison? I don't know. But they, they, they send you to your place 
for life in prison. That's now your sentencing. So when the rapture takes place, the world is in jail. The day of the Lord, the Lord Jesus, who's the righteous judge, comes to sentence everybody. And that sentence is the lake of fire. That's what happens. This is not a joke that we keep on thinking. It's a cycle of life. And when you go to church, you're just being a good person and you're living a good life and it's good and you're being a good example and it's just the right thing to do. And when you die, maybe there's an afterlife, however that works. We don't know. It could just work. But if it don't, at least, you know, this was a good life and, you know, I was a good example and nothing else. That's not it, bro. That's not it, sis. There's a rapture that's coming. And whether you're dead or alive, you will be a part of what's going on. Either you are right with God and you get raptured out of the grave, right with God, and you get raptured out of this body and changed to a new body, or not. You left back here, and the day of the Lord will come after that. The coming of the Lord is at hand. And I'm here to tell you, don't you let anything, any situation, take your focus off of Jesus Christ. Remember what I've been telling you? Anything you focus on expands. And whatever you ignore diminishes. If you ignore the coming of the Lord, it diminishes. You will not be prepared. If you ignore the rapture, it diminishes. You will not be prepared. But if you focus on Jesus and you focus on his return, it will expand in your life. You will be so locked into that, that no matter what kind of pandemic, no matter what kind of situation, no matter what you're going through, you ready for this one? Even if your relationship not working right, you will say, I don't care. <laughs> Y'all get caught. If you focus on Jesus and the rapture and your relationship not working right, you will keep pressing because your focus is not on the relationship that's not working. Your focus is on Jesus and his coming and that's what you're looking forward to. How long will I be married? If I'm fortunate, I may be married for 50 years, 60 years at the most. Eternity don't have any time on it. Eternity don't have any date on it. So guess what? I will bear and do the best that I can as a Christian man or a Christian woman to live for God and go through some of the challenges of relationship. But at the end of the day, my focus is on Jesus. My focus is on one day he's coming back for me and I will dare not worry and let a marriage or a relationship or a situation cause me to move away from God. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I can handle it. I've got Jesus on my side. I can handle it. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I can handle it. I'm not worried about anything else. 
devil want me to worry about temporary stuff stuff that's temporal and get that stuff to get me all messed up so I can miss out on the rapture and the day of the Lord I am sorry I am going to be a Christian I am going to focus on Jesus I'm going to live my life for God I am going to wait for him to rapture me out of here and no matter what happens I'm going to be focused on him How many people you had in your childhood that you're not friends with them today for whatever reason? You're not friends anymore. Are you still living? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. If when you and your childhood friend split and never got along anymore, if you didn't die then, why are you trying to split and worry about your relationship situation? Forget it. Take your eyes off that because that will expand and cause you to make mistakes and do wrong because you're focused on the wrong thing. But when you focus on Jesus and you focus on the rapture, I'll deal with all the stuff that I got to deal with. You know, and I'm not telling you, Stacy, you won't be mad sometimes. I'm not telling you, you're not going to have arguments sometimes. I'm just telling you, it won't overtake you. It won't cause you to move out of position with God. That's all I'm telling you. I'm done. I'm done. Let's talk to Jesus. Father, we love you. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. For Jesus, there is none like you. I pray that somebody today, Lord God, will make up in their mind and surrender their life to you. That, Lord God, somebody will hear the word of God today and say yes to your will. If there's someone in here today you've never repented of your sins and baptized in Jesus' name, you need to do so. If there's someone in here today you've never given yourself to God, surrender to him and live a life that's pleasing unto him, if you've never done that, you need to do so. You don't need to wait anymore. There's no need to wait. There's no need to put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Trust the Lord and give him all your heart. Give him all your mind. Somebody, Jesus has spoken in this place today. Let him have his way in your life. I know the Lord has spoken today. I know he has spoken. Now what will we do? Because the Lord our God has spoken to us. Will you let your faith cause you to respond in obedience? Will you let your faith cause you to say yes to his will and yes to his way? This is the day that the Lord has made rejoice and be glad somebody hear me God wants you to give yourself to him be baptized in his name begin to live holy begin to live righteous begin to surrender your life to Jesus he's calling you he's calling you he's calling you he's calling you will you respond with a resounding yes Lord and obey him he's calling you Jesus is calling you father help us today Lift your hands to the Lord today. Lift your hands to the Lord and ask him to help you. And ask him to strengthen you. And ask him to help you to obey his words. You may not feel like it, but God has spoken and let you know that you must obey whether you feel like it or not. You must obey whether you want to or not. If you have looked at the end game and realize you want to spend eternity in heaven with him, then 
obey him today obey him today God wants to save you God wants to deliver you God wants to make you whole God wants to heal you God will sustain you but you must say yes to his will you must repent of your sins and be baptized in his name somebody hear the Lord today as he speaks to your heart let his will be done in your life in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus God have your way today God have your way today there is none like you Lord there is none like you Jesus we honor you today Lord God we give you the honor and the praise today Lord we give you the honor and the praise today Lord there is none like you Jesus somebody talk to the Lord somebody talk to the Lord don't let this moment escape you but respond in obedience respond in faith don't let this moment escape you respond to the Lord oh God we will do your will we will do your will oh hallelujah 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 Oh, Jesus, have your way. <laughs> have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. We love you, Lord. God loves you, church. He loves you, church. He didn't send me by here to preach to you to make you upset. He sent me by here to preach to you because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you with a love like no other. He sent me by here to preach to us because of his love for us. Respond to him in obedience today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, we give you praise. There is none like you. There is none like you, none like you, none like you, none like you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you honor and praise. We give you honor and praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Just before we dismiss, family, this thing is for real. Christ coming in. It's coming. It's Christ is coming back soon. For those of us that are not sure whether or not, some folks have one foot in and one foot out. When the trumpet sounds, if you don't have both foot in, you're not going to be able to make it in. You want to make sure when the trumpet sounds, you'll make heaven your home. This thing is for real. The days and the hours that we're living in tomorrow is not promised to us. We don't know what's going to happen. Knows when our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Christ, the coming of the Lord is for sure. And we're admonishing all of us here this afternoon before we leave. Make your calling and election sure with the Lord. If you're not yet baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. In order for you to make it to heaven, you have to get baptized in Jesus' name. You have to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you have to live a godly and sober life in this present world. Is there someone out there this afternoon that want to give your life to the Lord? If there's someone out there that you're not sure, or do you, the question you may have, 
in your mind is that, where do I go from here? Come up and talk to us. The, char the choice is yours. What we do in life is what's going to help us to make heaven our home or whatever we want to do. But we do have a choice, my friend. And our choice is to make heaven our home. We're going to ask you to bow your head. Father God, we thank you for the man of God that poured out his heart this afternoon, Lord God. Reminding us your coming is near. Oh God, we want to be ready, Lord God. We want to be worthy to make heaven our home. We want to be worthy to make it in the rapture, Lord God. And Lord God, for those that are hearing us or those that is here in the service today, Lord God, wherever they are, Lord God, we ask you to touch their hearts and touch their minds, Lord God, that they too, Lord God, will give their life to you before time changes, oh God. We said time waits on no man. Now is when our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We ask you, oh God, that you will keep us and guide us, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will dismiss us from this place, but never from your present, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to look to you from whence cometh our help, O oh God. You are our helper. You are our way maker. You are our keeper. You are a rock and our soul and our shield, O oh God. Oh God, you said to us, many as look for him shall he appear, O oh God. Help us, Lord God, to look to you, Lord God. Because we know your coming is, is near, nearer than when we first believe, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will bless every family, bless every home. Oh God, help us, Lord God, to continue to serve you with all our heart, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, not to look to the left nor to the right, Lord God. But we'll look to you, Lord God. Because you said when these things come to pass, we should look up for our salvation dry at night. Bless us, Lord God. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. We give you all the glory and we give you all the honor this afternoon. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name. Lord, bless you. We love you. You want to stay and linger in the presence some more, you're welcome to do so. If you have to go, we understand. God be with you until we meet again. Amen. Amen.